Good evening. As Father said, my name is Andre Swallow. In case y'all are wondering, I am not a public speaker. As a matter of fact, when he asked me to do this, I almost died and panicked. But being a, a close friend and really good at laying on Catholic guilt, he threw all kinds of good things at me, like someone struggling needs to hear your story and God placed you on my heart and a few other good ones. He also told me this was gonna be a very tiny group, which obviously he was wrong. And then threw in and make sure you talk for 30 minutes. I'm like, okay, great. But really what it came down to is my love for God and wanting to do his will. So I did pray on it and felt like this was something he wanted me to do. So here I am, way out of my comfort zone, but trusting that um, God's going to provide and that my story will help somebody. So I'm here to share my story. I'm actually from Homa, born and raised, and grew up in a very large Catholic family. <clears throat> I went to 12 years of Catholic school and then on to USL, where I met my wonderful husband of 41 years, incredibly happy 41 years. My husband is also a very good friend of Father Michael's, except when they're playing golf. Father Michael likes to think he's competitive, but whenever they play, he comes home very quiet, and Chad comes home laughing. <laughs> and somehow, my husband has money that once belonged to Father Delcom, and now belongs to him. We live in Ville Platte, and we have four beautiful children, three incredible son-in-laws, and seven precious grandchildren. I've always felt so blessed and loved by the Lord. It's really been overwhelming at times. I can honestly say because I felt his love and felt those blessings, it's the only reason I could have responded in faith to losing my two precious grandchildren in a space of five years. And that's the story I want to share with you today. How my years walking with God, sharing my life with him, instilled a faith and trust in me that helped me to respond when the crisis hit. And hoping that my story will help somebody else that's struggling. Faith for me was always a part of my life. My parents raised us in the Catholic faith. I saw it lived out in so many people in my family and community. I saw the beauty and peace it brought to their lives that had no other explanation as everybody's life is filled with good and bad. The Catholic Church and the Catholic faith formed the foundations of so many decisions in my early life. It taught me the correct path forward on matters of morals, behavior, and making good decisions. It was really instrumental in keeping me out of trouble and making destructive decisions in my teenage years. It gave me a safe structure. All of this was good, and it got me to adulthood, but it was mostly head knowledge. I can't say that I truly had a personal relationship with our Lord. Once I got married and started having children with all the challenges that entails, things changed. Once you have children, everything changes. Your vulnerability to heartache and pain increases. 
because the love you have for your children is so deep and so vast. I realized I needed more than head knowledge. It was at the same time I began to teach at our local Catholic school. I became immersed in opportunities for prayer and spiritual growth, both by the environment I was in and the incredible spiritual people I taught with. I began to notice that the more time I spent in prayer, the more peace and joy I had no matter what was going on. It made such a difference that I began to crave more. Setting aside time for daily prayer and spiritual reading became a priority. Life and its daily struggles became so much easier. God became my confidant, my go-to source for wisdom. He heard my prayers and he answered them, not always in the way I wanted, but always in ways that brought about the greater good. I began to see him work in the bad things that occurred and use it to bring about good. I learned to trust that he always would. God does not cause bad, evil things to happen. That's a consequence of the fallen world that we live in. But he can always take the bad and bring about good. And that's his promise to all of us if we let him. When I was in my mid-twenties with small children, I attended my first silent retreat at the Cynical Retreat House in Metairie at my sister's urging. I was extremely nervous about spending four days in silence. I really didn't know if I could do it. It ended up being such an incredible experience that I've continued to go yearly, sometimes more often, for the last 35 years. The blessings, the gifts, the fruits, and the spiritual growth that comes from spending time away from the world and focusing on developing a relationship with our Lord has been the best thing I have ever done. Like all relationships, unless you spend time together, the relationship will never deepen. You can imagine throughout this time of working and raising four kids, the problems, the struggles, and questions I would arrive with on the steps of that wonderful retreat house. I never went away empty. I have witnessed miracles, transformations, revelations, insight, and some incredibly profound encounters with God there. I always leave with a sense of peace and a feeling of being refreshed and loved. What I have discovered is if you give God an open door, he will reward you with unlimited treasures. I often receive nudges from God, guiding me in a direction to develop my spiritual life in a deeper way, leading me from just a relationship with God, the Father, to developing a relationship with Jesus, his Son, and then our Blessed Mother Mary. Through the years, they've become my go-to for everything, for joys, sorrows, problems, gratitude, and all my decision-making. They are the only constant in this ever-changing world. They have become my rock. I've experienced the incredible love of God as my relationship with him has grown. My life has been filled with so many blessings that there were at times I felt guilty and terrified that one day my turn for deep sorrow would arrive. My love for God prompted me to start my day with a prayer of your will be done, which has gotten me to say yes to things way out of my comfort zone like tonight. 
I truly meant it, your will be done in just about everything, except there was this one little thing I would always hold back. Just don't ask me to lose my husband or a child. That was always my greatest fear in an area I just couldn't surrender to God. The dreaded day finally arrived five years ago. I was in Homa with my mom. My father, who I adored, had died three months before, so we were all still grieving his loss. I will never forget that moment. We were sitting at the dining room table when my daughter Brittany called in a panic asking me to pray. There had been an accident at our hunting property with her three-year-old son, Chase. She was on her way there and I had no other details. Chase was the youngest of her four children. He loved the outdoors and anything mechanical. His favorite thing to do was to ride in the big cab of the tractor with his dad while they cut the fields. 10 minutes later, my son-in-law Jared called, so distraught I could hardly understand what he was saying. Chase had somehow managed to open the locked cab door of the tractor and fell out. I can't begin to describe the agony of that moment. I was three hours away and I had to make that drive not knowing what I was going to find except the death of our beautiful sweet Chase and a devastated daughter and son-in-law. It was my worst nightmare come true. I knew I needed strength I did not possess. I remember getting in my car and gripping the steering wheel, tears streaming down my face. My heart shattered in a million pieces. I know most people ask, why me, God? But oddly, the question was, why not me? He had given me so much through the years. So many others had gone through so much more suffering than me. What I did ask him was if this was his will for my life, then to take my pain and suffering and use it to bring about good. I then cried out to him that this was way beyond anything I was capable of doing and that I needed him to take it all. It was at that moment I surrendered everything to him out of desperation. It was also at that moment that I felt this incredible calm come over me and such a deep sense of peace. It was such a shock, I just sat there and I realized for the first time that God's grace is not a fluffy, abstract theological word, but a real thing, so real I could touch it. I made that three hour drive wrapped in that calm and peace and I prayed like I've never prayed before, begging for help and guidance as to how to help my daughter, son-in-law and her kids. What came to me first was the need to protect them from the lies Satan was going to use to attack when they were in such a vulnerable state. Guilt being his number one go-to. 
I knew my son-in-law was being consumed with guilt that had the potential to destroy him, his marriage, and his family. The truth was the only thing he was guilty of was taking time to be with his son on a beautiful Sunday afternoon doing the thing that Chase loved the most, being with his dad riding in the tractor. What happened was just a horrible, tragic accident, and he needed to know that, and he needed to hear it often. The next thing that came in my prayer was that we needed to remember that Chase was incredibly happy beyond anything we can even begin to imagine. He was not sad. He was not lonely. He was not scared. He wasn't lonesome. If he was given a chance to come back, he wouldn't. The only people that were sad was us. This hunting property that the accident happened was a very special place to our family. It was a lifelong dream my husband had worked so hard for to give us a place to be together as a family and friends, to enjoy the outdoors. I knew because of this accident that it was possible that that vision and all that it had meant to us was in danger. Instead of viewing it as the evil place where a tragedy struck, we decided to view it as a holy, sacred place where Chase went to heaven. And that's what it has become to us, even more special than it was before. I knew we had a choice. We could fight God in anger or embrace the suffering and allow God to walk with us, knowing he would bring about good if we let him and remembering that God is the only source of true peace. I also knew that it was important to stay in the present moment, not to project the next week, the next month, the next years without Chase. The farther you got from that moment, the scarier it became, and the more the sadness was unbearable. So we just needed to remember to take the next five minutes the next 10 minutes, the next day. God would give us what we needed to get through each day, and he did. In prayer one day, Brittany got this message from God, and he told her, just take one step forward, and he would do the rest. And he did. It was also important to remember that we are all created for a purpose. First, because God loves us and we are a product of that love. He created us with a plan for our life that only we could fulfill. We are not here to live for ourselves, but to serve others and to use the gifts God gave us to make this world a better place. That's not what society tells us today. They are feeding lies to all of these people that think they have to just go about life getting everything for themselves, avoiding suffering at all cost, and trying to make the best just for themselves. I think that's why there's so many sad, lost people that don't know their purpose on this earth. True peace, happiness, and fulfillment only comes when living to serve. 
For some of us, our purpose is completed in three years. In others, 90. One day after Chase died, I was um, doing my morning prayers and just reflecting on my dad who had just died, who I was missing so terribly along with Chase. He died at 89 years old. He was the most incredible man I've ever met. He reminded me of St. Joseph. And I was just reflecting on how much he had influenced me in his life. How much, so much of who I was was because of him. And how my faith, which was the greatest gift I'd ever received, was always modeled from him. And then the thought came to me in the months after Chase died that Chase, in his three years, had profoundly affected me as much as my dad in 89. And it made me realize that God's plan was perfect. Some people take 89 years to complete that plan and some only three. The days that followed while filled with sorrow were also filled with an incredible outpouring of love from our family, our friends, the community, and even strangers. We had people praying for us from other countries, don't even know how they knew about it. The prayers from so many people were felt so strong and I know without a doubt is what got us through. Don't ever think that prayers aren't powerful. They are the most important gift you can give someone in a time like this. God's hand working in this horror was immediately beginning to emerge. The day after the accident, our deacon held a prayer service for us in the church. We were told the church was so packed, it was standing room only. There were people there that hadn't stepped foot in church in years and I already saw God's hand working. Watching my daughter navigate those days was incredible. I know that what she really wanted to do was crawl into a hole and never come out. But she knew that even though her life as she knew it was forever changed, she had a husband who desperately needed her and she had children who needed a mother. I know without a doubt that it was the prayers of so many people and her faith that gave her the strength to do what she did. The peace and calm she displayed was the most beautiful thing to witness and affected so many people. Many conversions resulted, story after story of people that came and had completely turned around their faith life because of what they witnessed. God's hand working again. One of my favorites is a young, a young man about my daughter's age that I'd been knowing since he was a baby. He was as far from church as you could possibly get. He was extremely angry with God. I really never knew why. He went to Catholic school, but that didn't do it. He had a brother that was born horribly disabled, like had to be institutionalized. 
and it affected him so deeply. He was so angry with God and couldn't see anything good why God would allow something like that. But when he watched them go through this pain and he saw the peace and the beauty that they possessed, he knew that he had missed out on something really important. His whole life changed that day and he still texts me every single year for his birthday, Chase's birthday, because he said there's no one that had affected his life more than him. He's now extremely faith-filled, very happy, head of Acts, and very involved in his community. He credits Chase for saving his life. People witnessed that peace that they saw, and they didn't know what it was, but they knew they wanted what they had. It was really so humbling to watch. The more we surrendered to God's will, the more we saw him working. His presence was so obvious, you had to smile, even in the midst of all the sadness. I'll just list a few of the stories. There were so many, I couldn't possibly list them all. But Brittany and I were sitting in the living room, and she was sharing with me that they had decided they were going to plant an oak tree in memory of Chase and do it every year at the farm to commemorate his death. And I'm not kidding. Five minutes later, the doorbell rang, and I got up to answer the door, and when I opened the door, there was this huge box, and it was an oak tree with a plaque that said, in memory of Chase. Now, we all know that was not an accident. My favorite, I think, miracle that happened was not long after, Brittany had not been back to the hunting property. That was such a special place for all of us. And she knew that it was very special to her husband and that he would spend a lot of time. So in her typical Brittany fashion, she's not one to avoid, she decided she was gonna go to the farm and tear off that Band-Aid. She was gonna conquer it. Do they have that slide? Okay. So she went to the farm, and she stood on the spot, braced herself, prayed really hard before she got there. And when she stood there, she said it was the most incredible peace and warmth and love that she experienced. So she stepped back away to take a picture of that spot because she wanted to remember it. And that is the picture she took. And where you see those little spheres is the actual spot where he died. I know that was not an accident. Of course, we had the influx of a thousand cardinals invading all of our homes. They're still here, by the way. That peace and calm that I experienced that day, it never left, except for one morning when I hadn't spent my couple hours in prayers. That was the first time I started feeling anxious. When I realized that, I stopped. I went back to my prayers, and the peace returned. Surrendering my greatest fear to God was also so freeing. 
I knew that I could get through anything at this point and that God would see me through it. It was a release from the grip of fear. There was sadness, there still is, but there was never depression or despair. I knew that we would smile again and that there was joy in our future. I discovered that the more you surrender, the more God is able to pour out his grace. I kind of liken it like if you have a jar and you're trying to fill it with water, but you have the lid screwed on so tight it can't get in the jar. When you open the lid, you can fill it all the way to the top. That's how God is with his grace. It's available to all of us, but you have to be open to receive it. There were so many dream encounters of Chase in paradise from so many different people. With Jesus, with Mary, always joyful, always laughing. And beautiful prayer experiences of seeing him. I know those were gifts from God. It's been five years since his death. And to watch the faith transformation in my daughter my son-in-law and her family has been incredible to witness. None of that would have ever taken place if we had not experienced this tragic loss. What I have discovered is suffering has a definite purpose. Society today hides from suffering and places no value in it. But there are times when growth and perfection can only be brought about through suffering. That is especially true when it comes to our relationship with God. In my life, it's been the difficult times that I've experienced the most growth in my spiritual life, and I think that's true for most people. I think it's an act of God's mercy to allow suffering to bring about our salvation. We got through all the suffering, the heartache, and the grief by relying on God and His grace. I never dreamed Five years later, we'll be asked to do it and go through it again. A little over two months ago, I received another frantic phone call from my younger daughter, Victoria, who happens to live in Homa. Somehow, her three-year-old son managed to get in the lock gate around the pool. They were working on him, and she was begging for prayers. I could not believe we were being asked to do this again. Another three-hour drive, not knowing what I was going to find when I got there. It was different this time in that I knew we could get through it, that God would give us the strength. But everything in me screamed, I didn't want to do it again. Here I was again with a call to surrender. It's been two months, and already I'm seeing the impact his death is having on people. Stories of people witnessing the peace in spite of the devastating pain. My daughter and her husband have seen the process. They know that joy is possible, and they know what to focus on. Prayer, surrendering to God's will, and taking care of each other. James's death is forcing them to depend totally on God, 
and I'm watching that transform them. I've come to realize that every decision we make and every action we take, we're being an example to someone else. It's beautiful watching the impact they are having on their friends and the people in their community because of their response to their devastating loss of their precious James. I've also come to experience that God loves the world through people, through us. The love, the prayers, and support we received through both these tragedies is what helped heal our hearts and is a physical way to feel God's love. We are God's hands and feet on earth. Their story is just beginning to unfold. And because they are surrendering to God, blessings are beginning to emerge. I like to imagine those precious cousins meeting for the first time in paradise. I dreamed about them playing so full of joy with Jesus. I keep going back to that dream and what I saw in that dream. Interesting, the dream that I had, a very close friend of mine had the exact same dream. She was describing what she saw and it was exactly what I saw. James was in this field, this beautiful green field and he was running because he never walked, he ran everywhere he went. And he had his little cap on and he was running as fast as he could into the arms of Jesus. And I thought, wow, that's too. And I recently went to a wedding and there was this young girl there. She's um, a mom now. She's an incredible artist. Some of you might even have some of her work and she does a lot of spiritual art. I have a few of her pieces that I had do for Brittany when um, Chase died, but we had never actually met. And she came talk to me and said, I have to share this with you. She said, I was praying for your daughter and her family. And she said, I had this most incredible prayer experience. She said, it, it wasn't a dream and it wasn't real. She said, but it was so real that I could actually smell the grass. And she said, I saw James in this beautiful green field. He had a cap on and he had this beautiful smile on his face and he was running through the fields into the arms of Jesus. And I'm like, okay, God, I see you working. I'm sure as God continues to work, there are gonna be many more stories like these. Already had stories of people kind of like Daniel experiencing the same thing, mad at God for majority of their life and realizing what they missed out on. While everything in me would love to have those precious boys in my arms, even just one more time, I know that what they have accomplished, the lives they have touched, the redirection of turning people toward a serious relationship with God, the changes and growth that have occurred in our lives could never have been accomplished if they were still here. They have done more in their three years on this earth than most people do in a lifetime. God's will, although at times so hard to understand, is always for the greater good if we abandon our will to his. I also realized how pride 
the root of all evil, plays such a destructive role in accepting God's will. The sin of Adam and Eve that brought all this chaos into this world was not really disobedience but pride. They thought their way was better than God's, that God was being unreasonable and was making a mistake. God's way is generally very difficult to understand and normally elicits an immediate rebellion, leaving us kicking and screaming because it's normally so foreign to our way of thinking. He often asked us to do things that seem impossible and contrary to how we think God should or would act. Following God's will usually requires suffering and denial of self. We love to put him in a box like we can possibly contain the infinite wisdom of God. To follow his will requires a huge act of faith and trust. To insert our own will generally brings about pain, suffering, and chaos to ourselves and others. When we learn to submit our will to his, peace and blessings follow every time. I know we will see our precious boys again, and it will be a glorious day. In the meantime, God has work for us to do. His plan for our lives is not yet finished. We have to continue on with the act of living. I would like to add one thing for all of you that are parents. The greatest thing that you can give your child is faith. It is only a relationship with God that will get them successfully through life because they will encounter pain and hardship and difficulties. I am a product of Catholic education. My husband is also, and so are all of my children. I know that even though their faith in their young adult years was a lot of head knowledge like mine, but it was there and it created a foundation that when they needed it, they were able to grab onto it and develop that into a beautiful, thriving relationship with our Lord. Being immersed in that both at home and at school is what has given us the tools that we needed to navigate the ups and downs we all encounter in our journey of life. I thank God that my parents sacrificed to send me to a Catholic school. It was the greatest gift they ever gave me. In closing, I would like to leave you with this. God is the answer to all happiness and peace. Follow his will and you will never be disappointed. I love this quote by Padre Pio. The most beautiful act of faith is the one made in darkness, in sacrifice and with extreme effort. I thank you for your time, and I hope that God sends tremendous blessings on each and every one of you and your family. Thank you.